in reality, all believers have a leadership role. The question is just how effective are we and how do we become more effective? So these are important questions, I think, especially for the 21st century as businesses grow, as uh, churches grow, as uh, governments grow, and they all become more complex. The complexity almost dictates that we know and are more effective in leadership and in leadership development. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today, we get to talk to Steve Crowther, who is the president of Grace College of Divinity in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Now, Dr. Crowther has uh, an interesting background in theology as well as leadership. He has degrees in both of those areas, and he's also done a lot of pastoral work in the local church and missions work as well in Venezuela and Brazil. So, Dr. Crowther, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. Thank you. It's so great to be here to be able to talk to you. Now, I understand Fayetteville is a military town. I visited there one time. How, how is it to have a uh, seminary there or a college in a military town? It's very good, actually, and there's that, it brings many people to us who are keenly interested in further education, Bible college education, seminary-level education. So people who normally would not just come through a North Carolina town come to Fayetteville because of the military. Interesting. Grace College of Divinity has a significant focus on preparing emerging leaders for the world. Now, do you see a growing need for leadership development in the church and also in the broader marketplace? Absolutely, I do. In fact, many of the issues that we see around us today that trouble us and some of the chaotic issues in nations and churches and businesses are the result of ineffective leadership. And for a long time, we thought, well, if you're just really good at what you do, whether it's in the church or in the business world or even in the government world, if you just really focus on being effective in your area, that gives you the ability to lead well in that area. And that's just not true. And we have found that, especially in the last 20 years, this has come glaringly to the surface in the church, in the business world. Uh, in the early 21st century, this came very much to the surface in the business world. In the church world, back in the 80s and the 90s, it came to the surface. And more and more people, uh, pastors with theology degrees even, are going back and getting graduate or doctorate degrees in leadership, organizational leadership and Christian leadership, because they see the need that when you lead a church of 50 to 60 people, training in theology is probably enough. But when you lead a church of 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 people, you need to be able to do well in the area of leadership. And in fact, what Jesus left us to do was to make disciples of all nations, and that implies some kind of leadership. So in reality, all believers have a leadership role. The question is just how effective are we, and how do we become more effective? So these are important questions, I think, especially for the 21st century as businesses grow, as uh, churches grow, as uh, governments grow, and they all become more complex. The complexity almost dictates that we know and are more effective in leadership and in leadership development. Very important. Now, Dr. Crowther, you hold advanced degrees in theology and in organizational leadership, so I can see 
obviously both of those things will be very important for you as president of Grace College of Divinity. But how do you see those two disciplines working together to shape your student body into emerging leaders? I think actually these two disciplines are very important to each other. And at one time, when the university system was first established in the 11th and 12th century, theology was considered the queen of the sciences. In other words, you would learn different disciplines, astronomy, music, math. But in your last year, you would take theology because it was felt and believed that theology is what held everything else together, all of life and even the disciplines of life. Now, that thinking has kind of fallen into disrepute and has fallen to the wayside. But the reality is, theology helps hold things together. And so one of the things that we do is we look at theology, but we also look at leadership from a theological perspective. In other words, to be able to lead in ministry or even in a business as a believer, you need to have more than uh, theology, and you need to have more than leadership. You need to have um, an understanding and an experience of those two disciplines working together, where we can learn from Scripture the divine perspective for leadership, because leadership is a it's a very uh, social science um, in its in itself. It's a, a sociology, and so what we learn through organizational leadership is how people respond to leadership and how people respond to each other and in groups and in organizations. But and and that's important. But it's not enough because we need to see what the divine perspective is. Because from the divine perspective. Leadership has certain core attributes that are important that sometimes are missed when you just look at people, leaders, and leadership from an external perspective. So leadership is a very, um, actually is very important that it's internally driven, it's part of who you are as a person, not just what you do, not just your behaviors. But from a sociological perspective, it's hard for us to see that. So we look at it from a theological perspective, from the divine perspective, from this perspective of God, what do you have to say about leaders? And then we see that there's this connection between the internal workings of the person, the soul, the emotions, the mind, the heart, uh, the spirit, and there's a connection between that and who we are, which actually dictates what we do. You see, leadership, by its nature, it's ontological. It has to do with who we are as persons. And it's, ontology has to do with the study of being, of who you are. Leadership springs from who you are more than from what you say. And so you impart to people who you are. You don't just, you don't, people do not become who you want them or who you tell them to become. They become who you are. Think of children and their parents. Children become their parents. They don't necessarily become who their parents tell them to become. They become their parents. Which is, which is what causes trouble a lot of times in families is because teenagers grow up, they become their parents, and at this particular time in their lives, most parents are struggling with their identity and who they are, and they're not sure they really like themselves. And so the teenager becomes like them, and it causes conflict in the home. So the same way with leadership. A lot of times we think leadership is just about obeying these certain rules of behavior, and it will work well. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certain rules of behavior that you do need to use. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond to who you are as a person. And one of the keys to effective leadership is what's called model the way or 
uh, inspirational motivation where you become, as the leader, what you want other people to become in your organization. And this is extremely important because you tend to replicate who you are in any organization, whether it's governmental, whether it's in the church, whether it's in business. So many times, a lot of the problems that we have in organizations actually can be traced to um, ineffective leadership or mistaken concepts of leadership. So these two fit together. Theology gives us the internal workings. The organizational leadership gives us the ideas of this is how people interact with each other. This is what works. But theology tells us why it works and how to develop the character so that it's effective. One of the problems of leadership is that we look at leadership and we want to ask the question is, uh, the questions of effective leadership, what makes it effective. But it actually needs to go beyond that to the question of effective leadership and good leadership, and good, I mean, in the sense of ethical, proper, appropriate, doing the right thing for the right reasons. And so many times there's the, so much focus on effectiveness that we forget to consider ethics and good leadership that uh, has to do with motive and character and those kinds of issues. And by the way, leadership development, for the most part, is personal development and spiritual growth. And that's actually the core of leadership development to help us become more effective leaders. Therefore, these things are held together uh, in the way that we teach the classes. These things are held together. They're actually held together in reality. It's just that as we begin to see it and begin to train people in these areas, that it helps them become more effective in their theology, but it also be, helps them become more effective in becoming a leader in whatever area they lead, whether it's in the business world, whether it's in international organizations, whether it's in government or in the church. And by the way, the church needs these kinds of effective, good leaders, and the good news is the church knows this. And so they're beginning to find ways to prepare up-and-coming leaders and up-and-coming uh, pastors and teachers and others. They're finding ways to prepare them for what is in the present, but also for what lies in the future in the church. The churches uh, in the United States and all around the world are growing, and therefore they need more and more effective leaders. One of the things that's important for leaders as well, and this is where theology helps us, is that we prepare leaders for success. And actually we can do that in many different ways, prepare leaders for success, but many times we've forgotten to prepare these same leaders for how to handle success. And the, the soft underside of effective leadership is success. Because what happens is uh, leaders get um, uh, enthralled with power and can begin to use power inappropriately. And the, the guard against that is developing good godly character first in the leaders before they come to these places of uh, great leadership. Yes, character is critical. And in fact, when you mentioned the local church, that reminds me of a magnet that I have on my car from my church, which says, go and be. And the being comes before the going, doesn't it? It does. It does. And so that's our concept here. And, you know, we, what we want to do is we want to, we want to train people in that, in theology, in faith, in ethics, but in leadership as well. 
because leadership makes us more effective in bringing the gospel that we have to bring the gospel to. And so we, we need to find everything that we can, use everything that we can to become more effective in fulfilling that one mission that we've been left with, which is make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Now, in what ways does formal academic training help to prepare those who sense a call into vocational ministry of some kind? You know, in, in, in so many ways, in so many ways. For, for instance, one of the basic concepts that you learn in formal academic training in theology is hermeneutics, which is how to study the scriptures. And, you know, there, there's two aspects to studying the scriptures. The first is the perspicuity of scripture, which simply means that it's simple enough that someone can pick up the scripture and read and get the concept of redemption through Jesus Christ. At the same time, there are uh, truths and textures in scripture that they that we need to find ways to find them so that God can speak to us. You know, and God even talked about, the, Jesus talked about to, to the disciples how the secrets of the kingdom were given to them. And I think one of the things that's important is that we learn to become diligent researchers where we are searching for truth from the Lord so that it will change our lives and then we'll be able to turn around and help other people in their life change as well. One of the concepts that we use is that one of the reasons that the Lord wants us to understand Scripture, the kingdom of God, and the work of the Spirit, he wants us to understand those deeply, deeply, profoundly. But one of the reasons is not so that we can go and, and uh, display our profundity or display our uh, amazing knowledge, but the more deeply and profoundly we understand something, the more we're able to explain it simply to others. So the more profoundly we understand the Trinity, the more simply we can explain it if we're working among an indigenous tribe in northern Brazil. See, so it's so that we can dive deeply into this. And, okay, so how does it help us? Well, it helps us to study the Word of God. It helps us to, to plumb the depths of the Word of God. And it also helps us in many other ways, teaching us things about people, about like cultural anthropology, about communication. Because honestly, we could have the best message in the world, but if we're not effective in communication, nobody benefits. You know, it'd be like us showing up into a French class and speaking Spanish. It doesn't work. Now, unless you speak French and Spanish, but for the most part, that doesn't work. And so communication, and, and the Bible tells us, it says, make every effort so that you can become a workman who needs not be ashamed, but rightly divides the word of truth. And I mean, that, that scripture is packed with uh, important issues for this issue of formal training, that uh, God wants us to become excellent. In fact, it says, so that you can become approved as a workman, um, uh, an approved workman. The word approved, now see, it's speaking to believers, so we're already approved for salvation through the blood of Christ. We can't get any more approved than that. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. However, the word here is the same word that is used in the, in the time period of Jesus and the early church for coins. And coins were handmade, basically, and those coins had to be, they were made, and then they had to be approved before they could go into circulation, which meant they were the right shape, they were the right weight, etc. And so God wants us to get 
as workers get this understanding of truth, understanding of his word, understanding of our, abil- of our abilities and talents that God has given to us, and so that we can get approved to go into circulation. We get in the right place so that we can begin to circulate and lead and preach and teach effectively the Word of God and talk about the Kingdom of God. The other thing that happens as we learn um, formal academic training is that we learn the process of learning because leaders have to continue to learn. I don't care if you're 94 years old, you still need to be learning about God, about theology, about scripture, about ministry, about life, about leadership, and you will continue to grow. And God's not done with you until you uh, go on to your reward in eternity, so you continue to grow. So advanced training or academic training helps prepare us not only to learn things, but it teaches us how to learn. And it teaches us the value of equipping and training so that we can turn and equip and train others. It's almost like we are training and equipping the officers who will go and and turn and go and equip and train others. See, our goal is not to equip just workers. Our goal is to equip people who can train, trainers who can train workers. You know, so it's a it's a multiplication process, if you will. And so uh, this is a and it, it it gets down deep in your soul. Honestly, advanced training in academic training, especially in theology, organizational leadership, it's not just information, it's also transformation. It's actually transformative. It changes who we are. It changes our worldview. It changes the Holy Spirit works with us to build us in us tenacity, endurance, those kinds of things in the midst of this process to change who we are because that's what's needed. The Bible says not to make a newly planted person an elder or a leader in the church. And the reason is is because that plant needs some development. And one of the ways that that development happens is through intense academic training um, and in theology and in other areas. And so it it prepares you for this full-time ministry because you don't want to go to full-time ministry and not have anything to give. It's like in in the Old Testament there was a a battle, and uh, one of David's generals was standing there, and and a guy was standing next to him, and he saw the battle. And he said, let me go run and tell David. He said, no, you wait here. Then he had another guy who had actually been in the skirmish in the battle who came over uh, to the general, and the general told him, you go run and tell David. Well, why? Because he had been involved with this. He he knew the depths of what was going on, and therefore he was going to be able to explain it to David and answer the questions that he knew that David was going to have. Same way with us, is that we get heavily involved in the work of the Lord, and it's not just about information, it's also about transformation. And so our goal here at Grace College of Divinity is not to create people who have degrees. That's the process. The process is getting the degree. The goal is to help them find the place of ministry for them, whether it's in the church and the business world, that they can be sent as equipped workers into that place of ministry to fulfill the call of God in their lives and in the way that it matches up with the mission of Jesus, which is making disciples of all nations. Exactly. That discipleship, that transformation comes into play for those who are not going into full-time vocational ministry as well, doesn't it? 
Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, you know, and, and people will ask, well, what about, is your school only for people going into full-time vocational ministry? Well, no, because training in theology is for everyone. In fact, you know, in, in the Reformation era, guys like Martin Luther, they would teach from the Book of Romans or the Book of Psalms every day at noon as well as in the evening, and people would show up and they, because they knew that the Word of God had this transforming power. It changed who they were. It helped them face the future. It helped them face what they were going through. And so training in theology and in leadership helps us in whatever area we go into. It gives us the, um, the underpinning or the foundation of making good decisions, making right decisions, making ethical decisions, and learning how to live and help other people to lead them, to lead them well, to lead them in a way that's godly. We have people who graduated from our school now that uh, have their own businesses, and they have we have testimonies from them about how coming to Grace College of Divinity actually prepared them for uh, going and fulfilling their role as the leader or the CEO of this business or nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Now, as we consider the education field in the broader sense, what are some encouraging trends that you see uh, that present advantages to students at Grace College? Well, you know, the educational world is changing right now rapidly, and it needs to. It needs to. There are many things that need to change. Um, the positive trends that I see that are going on is that uh, the definitions, we used to have definitions for education that were very um, cut and dried, and it had to be in a certain way. Well, those, those, that kind of thinking actually hindered education. And so what's happening in the government world and in the accreditation world is they're beginning, they are beginning to see that it needs to open up and create room for innovation. And there are many ways now that uh, education is being innovative in uh, distance education, also, at, uh, at Grace College of Divinity, we have hybrid classes that combine distance ed and on-site. And then also we can do some of those on-site even remotely through video because the video conferencing has become so much better than it was even six or seven years ago. And on top of that, we use things like, that are called flipped classes. And this is something that's happening in universities all across the world. But that simply means that you study material first and then you come to class and have the discussion where what's happening is education is becoming more student-centered rather than teacher or faculty-centered. It's centered around, it's, you still learn the same material, but it's centered around some of your questions and your thoughts and your uh, desires for ministry, not just what the professor brings to the class. Now, don't get me wrong, there's still lecturing classes and things like that, but we're moving into some new areas of, of what's called the flipped classroom. And there's even other things out there, redefining what a credit hour is, those kinds of things. Now, the accreditors and the government, they're moving this way slowly, but the good news is they are moving. And so uh, we've been uh, very, um, very aggressive at using some of these innovative methods. And the thing that we're finding is that these innovative methods aren't just better methods they are more effective teaching tools. That people actually learn more effectively through some of these new teaching tools that we're able to use. Of course, technology helps us. Technology increases um, 
all the time, and we, we stay on the, the edge of learning about new ways to use technology. So all those things are helpful, especially when we're working with students, that we can bring in students from other countries into some of these uh, video uh, interactions as well as online classes. And we also have um, partner schools in other countries that we work with, and so we're able to take some of the students who are learning to do ministry here to some of those partner schools to begin to do ministry in other countries even before they finish their degree with us. Oh, that's excellent. And it sounds like you are really meeting some felt needs through those different approaches um, uh, that the students bring into the classroom. Now, could you tell us about the undergrad and the grad programs that you have on offer? Okay, yes. We have, in the undergraduate program, we have a, an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree in divinity. We have an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree in Christian leadership. We also have an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree in intercultural studies, which is closely related to missions and mission work. Then we have an associate's degree and a master's and a bachelor's degree, I'm sorry, in worship studies. Now, in addition, we have one-year certificates in all of those areas as well. Now, added to that, we also have an, a one-year internship where people come here and they're interned at the local church that we work with called Mana Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and they're interned there and they take uh, academic classes with us, and they take some practicum, which helps them apply. And it's like, it, it's like a full-time job between classes and uh, the practicum, and they do some track time. The track would be whatever you're interested in. Whether you, if you're interested in graphics, you can take that as a track. If you're interested in uh, student ministries, you can take that. In uh, youth ministry, you can take that. In leadership development, you can take that. And so that's a very practical, hands-on. One of the things that we found is that a lot of times people in high school don't know exactly what they want to do. And one of the recommendations from many different educational fields is that they would take a year as kind of a, you know, a process, maybe as a, in a, an intern in somewhere, in some place, to be able to do, uh, to test out some of the things maybe they want to do. And so we've developed that program, and it's called the Experience Internship. The other thing, I had a friend who did um, his dissertation on students who graduate from Christian high schools, Christian students who, well, who graduate from high school in general, all across the, the United States, and he tracked them. He wanted to know how many of these students, Christian students, that graduate from high school and go into different colleges how many of them are still walking faithfully with Jesus Christ four years later? Hmm. And so his results were shocking. It shocked him. And his conservative figure is that Christians who graduate from high school and go to um, secular universities, that four years later, 52% of them say they are no longer believers in Jesus and they don't have anything to do with the church. That's now, incredible. That may, I know. That may test your theology but aside from that, it's unacceptable. And so we, I asked him, he was a friend of mine asked me, I said, so what's the solution? He said the solution is a year of Bible college to get them grounded in the faith and in ways they can do ministry the rest of their life, whether they, can, whether they become engineers, doctors, or lawyers. He says mm -hmm. that's the solution. So we started this program as a result of that, and it's been very successful. How interesting. I haven't heard of another university doing that type of thing. 
Well, we're in a unique position in that we have uh, very close relationships with uh, local churches, and particularly with lo- uh, local churches that are mega churches, and with Mana Church, which happens to be, you know, a very rapidly growing mega church here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So our cooperation with them helps us to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's well, been very effective. Like I said, people graduate from here. Uh, the, just the one and two-year program, there's a second year to it as well, if you want. Uh, and go on, many of them go on and work in churches when, you know, at a very young age, in their early 20s. And some of them go on to start their own ministries and others that have started their businesses. Mm-hmm. Well, you have some exciting things going on there at Grace College of Divinity, Dr. Crowther. As we close, would you mind praying for our listeners right now? Perhaps some of them are seeking their future and wondering if Bible college is part of it. Sure, I'd be glad to. Lord, I pray for everyone listening right now. Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would help them hear from you about the call of God over their lives and about precisely what you have in your heart for them. You've given them gifts. You've given them calling. You've given them personality to be able to fully live out the calling that you have for them. Help them to see it. And Lord, I pray. There there are many out there who uh, need to and want to come to Bible college. And so, Father, I pray that you would move on their hearts, begin to uh, bring to their heart the word of the Lord of what you have for them. That you would bring them to the place of training. You would bring them to the Bible colleges and seminaries. And that, God, that you would help them to get equipped to be effective leaders, to be emerging leaders, to be not only effective, but to be good and ethical and godly leaders. Lord, I cry out to you. We need godly leaders. And, Lord, you have them right now, some of them listening to us. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and bring the word of the Lord to their heart that it's time for them to prepare. Bring them, gather them, Lord, so that they can be prepared and sent to fulfill your mission to make disciples of all nations. Thank you, Lord. Work in us. Work in each of them now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And it sounds like you are doing excellent work there at Grace College of Divinity. And we appreciate your time today, Dr. Steve Crowther. Thank you. It's been great to talk to you, and I trust the Lord's going to bless you and your ministry and the people who are listening. I trust the Lord's going to speak to them and help them move into the next step of their calling. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for a conversation on Grace College of Divinity here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.